episode number six. In this episode, Brandon Mathis, the creator of Octopress, talks about Octopress and Jacko, his motivation for building this open source project and what people can expect when they move their blog over to Octopress. What is the elevator pitch for Octopress? All right, so Octopress is a blogging framework for hackers. It generates static websites using Jekyll and comes with a responsive design, some nice defaults, and a set of plugins which make it easy for developers to share their interests with the world. That was the, the point of Octopress is if you're a developer out there and you've got some something cool that you're working on, I worked with a bunch of them, and they would show me all these things that they were learning, but they wouldn't share it with anyone else. And uh, so I said... I need to, and I want to, I was building a blog for myself. I want them to have uh, a way to share that, you know, the cool things that they're learning with the world. So it is also a really lightweight blog, isn't it? Yes. And that's mostly due to Jekyll, which it's based on. So it is a, it is a static, it does generate static, uh, a static site, which is, um, you know, it, you can host it anywhere. It's very easy. You know, just a, bun a bunch of flat files and you push it up to a server. If a uh, web server is pointing to that directory, then you can. Use it like a website. Because Octopress is um, heavily built on Jekyll, where does Jekyll and then Octopress begin? All right, so Jekyll is a um, is a static site generator that has some very basic uh, design behind it. So you have a set of configuration in a config, in a config file. You have a place to put posts. You can put pages anywhere in there, and it has some rules for how it's going to transform your posts into a site. And that's and it has a command line for issuing some basic commands to do that. Octopress is something on top of that that has nice defaults. It has a uh, template with uh, responsive design already built into it, and it also comes with a bunch of plugins that will help you. Let's say you wanted to write some code with nice syntax highlighting. Uh, it comes with stuff that make it makes it easy to do that, and so it's really a, a component add-on to Jekyll that adds some nice defaults. It has some social integration and things like that. So when you, when you set up a Jekyll site without Octopress, you're looking at having to do um, a, a whole lot of setup yourself, having to get all your configurations the way you want them to be, having to uh, decide which plugins you want and find them on the internet and, um, you know, write all of your layouts and your templates and, you know, get, then write all of your style sheets or find someone else's. Um, you know, when I first built it in 2009, there were not, you, you couldn't find a, many, uh, many web, many uh, themes out there you could use with Jekyll. Most of the time you would just look at someone else's blog and copy their stuff. And then it was set up so that you would share when you were done setting up your blog and you launched it, you'd share on the Jekyll wiki or whatever. Uh, this is a blog I launched on Jekyll. Here's the source code. You know, be inspired by it, steal whatever you want. And so originally Octopress got most of its popularity from just being on that wiki page. And it was just my blog that had a bunch of these defaults in it. And so for a developer, they can go in with Octopress and instead of having to set up all that stuff themselves, they have something that's already set up for them and they can change what they like. Can you talk a little bit more about um, your motivation for um, working on Octopress? So uh, when I was first deciding whether or not to build Octopress, uh, really my motivation for working on Octopress came from being frustrated with WordPress. Uh, I was trying to do things in it that it really wasn't designed to do well at the time in 2009. It's come a long way since then, but 
ever since I've been using static site generators, I don't find myself needing a database very much. And um, that was one of the pain points that I had with WordPress is uh, I write all these posts that go into a database. And sometimes when they would come back out, they wouldn't be quite right. And I had to figure out which part of the chain was messing with them. Or if I wanted to make a lot of changes, I couldn't, it, like I had to run a database migration, which is not something I really was interested in doing. Or I'd, it's just, it was just a real pain. Whereas if I have static sites, uh, if I have static files, I can easily run through a whole bunch of files, not connected to the internet, make a bunch of changes, rebuild my site and deploy. And so that, that simplicity was really um, uh, attractive to me. Um, it just felt like, you know, when you're learning HTML for the first time, you're writing HTML, you open the web browser, there it is. There's something about that connection that's really tight. Like you change something, refresh the page, it's there. With, um, with using a database-backed system, there's all these layers in between you and seeing the website you're working on. And some of those layers are very obtuse or um, at least from a, from a front-end designer perspective or even content authors, anybody who's – most of the people who are the, the customers for the, for the website um, – uh, sorry, for the CMS, the customers for that, they are uh, unable to make a change uh, at a very deep level. But with a static site, everybody has the same power for the most part. So I guess that's, that's why I like uh, static sites. But the reason I wanted to use that is because um, in 2008, I was having a really hard time uh, getting work because uh, everybody was, who was in freelance especially. And um, so I decided to spend time polishing my portfolio and I got frustrated by WordPress. I learned how easy it was to work on uh, Jekyll and that you could actually deploy it really easily with just like an SSH command. And I thought, whoa, this is crazy. I have to try this out. And the more I worked on it, the more I enjoyed it. And then um, some of my developer friends saw what I was working on. They said, can I copy that blog? Because I would love to just you know, put my posts in that and use what you've already set up. And so I eventually moved that into something that could be reused by other people. And they, they were essentially using my blog without my content in it. And then eventually I learned how to separate that even more so that it was designed for people to walk into and make changes and that sort of thing. What are the common reactions you hear when people move their blog over to Octopress or Jekyll? Yeah, a lot of times people, after they'll convert their blog to Octopress or Jekyll, one of the first things they post about is what their new uh, ranking is on page speed. Or they'll say, you know, their server load has gone down to something that's like they, they can't even tell people are on their site except for the analytics. So it's the the change to octopress or jekyll is you know something people notice pretty much immediately the site loads faster and it's interesting because when you have a when you have a site that needs to be built by a database especially most of the wordpress sites that i've seen there are all these calls to the database throughout the template and uh so like you want to say how many comments does this post have that's a call to the database you say what is the title of this post that's a call what is the content what you know all these different sections and so you end up just hammering the database on each page request. And if you have a bunch of people visiting at the same time, there's a lot of traffic. It's the, the host that's running the database is, for, for a lot of people, it's on a shared host. Um, and even if not, if you have a really popular site, it's just so much that it ends up slowing down. And so the page renders very slowly because it can't finish until the database responds. So that kind of stuff, yes, it scales poorly uh, unless you put a lot of work into that part. And 
most people who are casual developers, they just want to get their ideas out there. They don't want to share it with people. They don't want to have to worry about hitting daring fireball and getting their site taken down because they, you know, and that happens enough. And of course, there's all these ways to deal with caching on WordPress that solve some of those problems. But yeah, caching is still really hard. Would you say it's a good tool for prototyping? I guess it really depends on what you're prototyping or what you want to do with your prototype afterwards. I think it's nice to be able to just get in and do some HTML and CSS and play around with things like that. I think that sometimes I would, I like to go to, um, let's see what's, uh, uh, CodePen is a great tool for prototyping. If you just want to say, I don't want anything else in my way. I just want to see what does the CSS and HTML and JavaScript do together? Um, really? So there's all, there's a great tool called middleman, which also does stat static sites. And it's, really designed to be kind of like a rails view so if you're if you're prototyping something for rails there's also a, a, an app called serve and those are kind of designed to say if you are a designer working with rails developers if you build all of your stuff this way when you want to convert it to an app it is a lot of, you can just do a lot of copying and pasting into a rails app and it will work but it, you know so it really depends on what your next step is um if you just want to I don't know. I, I guess I wouldn't say that I would probably use Jekyll for or Octopress for prototyping things just because I don't think that's what they're really designed for. Um, but a lot of it's because they're not, unless you're prototyping for a Jekyll or Octopress site, <laughs> uh, they're not very much like a lot of um, the end use of a prototype. Mm -hmm.